This is KaneCast episode 49, a review of our small cap core portfolio in the first quarter of 2017. Hi, I'm John Christensen, co-portfolio manager on the Kane Anderson Rudnick small cap core portfolio. Today, I will review our portfolio with a general market overview of the first quarter of 2017, discuss the drivers of performance, talk about new names and cells in the portfolio, and conclude with a market outlook. The first quarter of 2017 was generally positive for equities, with the S&P 500 returning over 6% in the quarter. Smaller stocks didn't fare as well, but the Russell 2000 index still increased about 2.5% in Q1. This was a deceleration from the almost 9% return in Q4 2016. After stocks accelerated after the November election in hopes of a Trump administration agenda that will be implemented sooner rather than later, Clearly, we have seen that sentiment cool off, as healthcare repeal and replace seems elusive, and corporate tax reform could be delayed as well. Which proves, once again, that in the end, what matters is picking high-quality businesses that can sustain growth in good and bad times. The ongoing ability to predict market swings and trends continues to elude many. When dissecting the quarter by month for the Russell 2000 Index, January was up a scant 0.4%. February was slightly better at a 1.9% return. Lastly, March was basically flat. The sectors that drove the performance in the quarter were healthcare, technology, and basic materials. On the downside, energy, consumer staples, and financials all lagged. So what types of businesses did drive the market? The small cap market was skewed more towards lower quality in the quarter. Companies with low S&P stock rankings, stocks with low credit ratings, high PEs, and high betas all outperformed their counterparts on those metrics. Our small cap core portfolio outperformed the Russell 2000 index by 345 basis points in the first quarter. Despite the lower quality bias in the market, stock selection was more pronounced in determining the performance. Superior stock selection in financials, producer durables, and consumer discretionary were enough to overcome the low-quality tailwind. We had a few names that drove some of our outperformance for the quarter. Auto Home, Primerica, and Market Access. Let me talk a little bit about Primerica. Primerica underwrites and distributes term life insurance and sells third-party mutual funds via independent reps to middle-income households in the United States and Canada. The company has the largest life insurance distribution force in the country. Shares had been under pressure for the first half of 2016 due to concern regarding how the Department of Labor's fiduciary standard rule would impact the retirement investment account industry. While the final language of the rule was less onerous than feared, some questions had remained over the ultimate cost of implementation. The new Trump administration has delayed implementation of the rule, and there is a good chance that it may never be enacted. With this overhang now removed from the stock, investors have focused on the fundamentals of the business, which generated EPS growth of 18% in the most recent quarter. Given our favorable expectations about the long-term earnings power of the company, we remain shareholders. The names that lagged for the quarter were Shutterstock, Abaxis, and Drillquip. We will discuss Shutterstock a little later, so let me go more into Drillquip. Drillquip designs, manufactures, sells, and services 
engineered offshore drilling and production equipment, including subsea and surface wellheads and production trees, subsea control systems, and manifolds. Shares lag driven by continued weakness in deep water drilling activity due to depressed crude oil prices. Our view of the company's long-term market position remains intact. We continue to believe that Drillquip is better protected both as a best-of-breed, mission-critical equipment supplier and a low-cost manufacturer. Importantly, Drillquip has a long-term track record of disciplined capital allocation with a focus on organic growth and returning excess cash to shareholders in the form of opportunistic share repurchases. And the company's balance sheet remains pristine with plenty of cash and no debt. We had one new purchase and two sells in the quarter. Our new purchase was Fox Factory Holdings. Fox Factory designs and manufactures premium suspension products for use on mountain bikes, all-terrain vehicles, off-road trucks, snowmobiles, and motorcycles. Fox has developed over many years a favorable reputation for high-performance suspension products among mountain bike and off-road vehicle enthusiasts. Fox maintains over 50% market share in the front fork and rear shock suspension products on premium mountain bikes, over $3,000. The company has a high return on capital and a very conservative balance sheet. The opportunities going forward are to leverage the Fox brand and expand into related vehicle markets and adjacent product categories such as on-road vehicles with off-road capabilities. Capital allocation has been rational, with M&A focused on adjacent markets. We had two outright sales in the quarter, Shutterstock and Exponent. Let's talk about Shutterstock first. The share price has rebounded in the first half of 2016 as concerns regarding the competitive threat from Adobe's new stock photo offering abated. However, a meaningful slowdown in revenue growth the past two quarters has set the share price lower. Our original thesis was based on the network effects of Shutterstock's core stock photo marketplace business. Even at lower growth rates, that marketplace business is very profitable and valuable. Unfortunately, the profits from that great business will remain depressed as management seeks growth by investing capital to grow other parts of the company where Shutterstock's competitive advantage is less clear. For these reasons, we have sold our position. The other sale we had was Exponent. Our investment in Exponent has been a fruitful one since our initial investment in 2009. Exponent has returned on average over 24% annually versus the Russell 2000 Index's 14% performance in the same time period. The business continues to perform well, fundamentally, despite top-line sales growth muted by some large contracts rolling off and exposure to the energy markets creating some headwinds. Even with these headwinds, they are turning that into EPS growth in the high single digits. However, we just don't feel the current valuation creates room for multiple expansion, while at the same time, we don't see sales acceleration in the medium term. Despite our confidence in the business, we would rather sell our position now at these levels, thus allowing us to move funds into other ideas with more attractive risk-reward metrics, rather than maintain a very small position. We will continue to monitor the business for future opportunities to revisit the investment story. Let's go into our market outlook now. After seeing a rebound after the November election, the market has continued to have an upward trajectory. But clearly, 
the companies that many believe would benefit from a Trump agenda have not yet come to fruition. While we have had recent quarters of high and low quality tailwinds trading places, we continue to believe that stock picking matters in all environments, but especially those with more benign long-term GDP growth expectations, which is where we are today. So our contention is that over the long term, you want to own high quality businesses that have sustainable competitive advantages, outgrow their markets with low debt and strong free cash flow that trade at discount multiples to the greater market. Our portfolio continues to look very favorable versus the benchmark on many of these metrics. The return on equity in this portfolio as of the end of March, 27% versus 10% for the Russell 2000 benchmark. Debt to EBITDA for our portfolio of 1.3 times versus 5.4 for the index. EPS growth in this portfolio the last 10 years, 13% versus 6.5 for the Russell 2000. Lastly, the trailing 12-month PE of 24.5 for us versus 39.1 for the index. This is why we favor our high-quality bias over the long term. That's where we invest. That's our history and our future. Thank you for your time, interests, and continued trust and confidence. KaneCast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management. Kane Anderson Rudnick provides this communication as a manner of general information. The opinions stated herein are those of the speakers and not necessarily the opinions of Kane Anderson Rudnick or its affiliates. Portfolio managers at Kane Anderson Rudnick make investment decisions in accordance with specific client guidelines and restrictions. As a result, client accounts may differ in strategy and composition from the information presented herein. Any facts and statistics quoted are from sources believed to be reliable, but they may be incomplete or condensed and we do not guarantee their accuracy. This communication is not an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security and is not a research report. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions.